Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Bears linebacker Roquan Smith in the final year of his rookie contract, that fifth-year option due to make under $10 million. He is underpaid. He is also unrepresented. He decided to, on his own, make it known that he's requested a trade. Statement issued yesterday just about this time. I've officially requested a trade. Just writing these words is deeply painful. Unfortunately, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. They've refused to negotiate in good faith. Every step in this journey has been take it or leave it. I've been trying to get something done that's fair since April, but their focus has been on trying to take advantage of me. I haven't had the chance to talk to the McCaskey family, and maybe they can salvage this, but as of right now, I don't see a path back to the organization I truly love. Somebody pointed out to me yesterday, how can you have been negotiating since April if all they're ever saying is take it or leave it? But look, this is part of the problem of a player representing himself. It does create awkward conversations. It makes it difficult for the team. I don't think the team would like to take advantage of him. This, it's tough for negotiators because they all want to have the opportunity to do a great deal. You justify your existence. If your job is to negotiate and you have X dollars that have been allocated to this specific negotiation, anything you save under that makes you look like a hero. And that's the temptation. And we've seen it with self-represented players. The initial Russell Okung deal in Denver, embarrassment for the player. The Richard Sherman deal. In San Francisco, sorry, Richard, but you know what happened. NFLPA had to get involved and say, hey, 49ers, can you, like, change a few? It's a little bit too a little bit too far here with the unrepresented player. So there's going to be a temptation to do it. The problem is if you mess with a core player, Chris, you invite a problem. And now they have a core defensive player who's upset with what's gone on. He's gone public about it. Let's hear, before we talk about it, let's hear. I'm going to follow the flow of the program. Let's hear from GM Ryan Poles yesterday responding to the request from Roquan Smith to be traded. My feelings for Roquan have, haven't changed at all. I think he's a very good football player. I love the kid, love what he's done on the field, um, which makes me really disappointed where we're at right now. Um, I thought we'd be in a better situation to be completely honest with you. In terms of 
Our philosophy in the front office, I've always believed and always will be that we take care of our homegrown talent. We pay them, we take care of them, and, and we take care of them for what they've done and what they can be become in the future. And with this situation, we've showed respect from a, from a very early time frame. And with that said, I mean, there's, there's record-setting pieces of this contract that I knew for a fact was, I thought was going to show him the respect that he deserves. And obviously, that hasn't been the case. Right now, my intentions are to sign Roquan to this team. And we're going to take it day by day. And at the end of the day, we got to do what's best for this organization. But my intentions are to make sure Roquan Smith's on this team. Have the negotiations been him directly to you uh, because he doesn't have an agent? How does that work? Yeah, it make, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, there's, there's emotions involved. And uh, it's tough. It's, it's a very unique situation that we've had to de- deal with. And I thought we've done a pretty good job, um, which, again, that's why I'm a little disappointed that we're at this spot. It is difficult, and it's emotional because for Roquan Smith, this is it. This is going to be the biggest negotiation of his life, of his football life. And this, and this, he's got one shot. Bears are doing it all the time. Negotiate this guy, negotiate. For the player, it is emotional. It is a big deal. This is about securing his future financially for himself and his family. He's going to be emotional. It would be easier for everyone if he did have an agent, Chris, and – Clearly something isn't working or he wouldn't have did what he did yesterday. No, well, I, you know, it, man, this, it, there's a lot of things to say here. First off, yeah, you, I, you need the agent. I don't know any other way to say it. The agent is what, you know, he's the guy that bridges the gap between, wait, this is okay for the organization, but this is great for my player here, and we didn't screw you over, and we, you gave us what we needed here, right here. And, and, and again, it's, it's hard for me to side with the player here when, yeah, he's a great player, but, I, I, you know, again, n- none of the guys you mentioned there or anything, they're not agents. They're not lawyers. That's not their profession. And I just don't agree with this take of we're going to save, you know, 3% or 1.5%. You know, so it's hard. And like Ryan Pohl said, like, yeah, these are conversations where, uh, they they can be delicate, and he's trying. You know, Roquan Smith maybe thinks more of himself than he in actuality. You know, there's a lot of there. Then they got to kind of tell him, no, you you're not that guy or this guy or whatever. I mean, so this is it's very delicate. I do believe, and I you know I know the Bears want Roquan Smith. He's one of their blue chippers. They don't have many on their roster. Roquan Smith is the guy. He's one of the most physically gifted linebackers in football. And I would think in this, you know, Matt Eberflus defense, he, I actually think this fits him more than what he's been doing in Chicago with more of the 3-4 base scheme. You know, now they're 4-3. Wait, just worry about this gap. And if it doesn't come, the ball doesn't come into your gap, then you just go run and make the damn tackle. And he's a tackling machine. He's freaky that way. So I do think that, you know, they understand the value to him there. But there's obviously a disconnect. And I can't imagine them letting him out the door here easily for, for the reasons I just stated. You know, I think they want him to be their, you know, Shaquille Leonard, right? That Matty, that's, his, that's what we're calling him now, right, uh, in, in Indianapolis. That's still not uh, going into my head the right way. But I would think Matt Eberflus wants Roquan Smith to be the quarterback of his defense, just like Shaquille Leonard was in Indianapolis. So, yeah, again, I just don't understand it. I don't. And with the guys like this, too, you and I both know, 
There's agents out there that will take 1.5%, take 1% for for a star player that they know is going to make a pretty good chunk of change. And so I don't agree with the player in this instance. I'm always for the player getting money. But the player, I just want to say, you get more money when the agent's there. That's their profession. I mean, geez, uh, it's, it's like asking the agent to go play middle linebacker. I don't want to see that. He's not qualified. And, you know, a lot of these players are not qualified to negotiate contracts. And I'm not trying to disrespect anything. I, I, if I was in that instance, damn, I know I couldn't do it. I know I couldn't. There's no way. And I think there's a lot of other players that would feel the same way too, and I, I hope they can figure something out to, to make it work because I do like Matt Eberflus. I like Roquan Smith, and you know the Bears are, are a storied franchise, and it's just a crazy thing to see here with this. Example I use all the time, my house needs to be painted. I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the skill to do it. I would rather focus on the things that I'm capable of doing. Some would disagree on my level of capability, but I would rather at least focus on the things for which I can generate revenue that will pay for the house to be painted by someone. That was my dad's approach all the time. We were as lower middle class as you could be. But, but he always said, there's somebody out there who does this for a living. We should let that person do this and support their endeavor. And I'll focus on what I do instead. And it worked. It worked. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's, it's great. Yeah. Even though I don't know where we got the money to pay those people. But that, that's, that's the attitude. Don't do things that you don't have the expertise at doing, and it takes you away. How? Look, he's got to get ready, and I know he's not practicing, but it's still training camp. Yeah, he's, he's still training, learning new app, defense, working out. He wants to be that. ready to go week yeah. one if he does get a new contract. You know, it reminds me of the Michael Corleone line from The Godfather: "It's not personal; it's strictly business." For an agent, it can be strictly business. For the player, it's too personal. It's inherently personal, and it's one thing to say I'm going to represent myself on a free agent tour. Because that's a different interaction. They're trying to recruit you, and, and they'll, they'll smile to your face while they stick the knife in your back with the contract offer. But with this, you've got an existing relationship that the player wants to continue, that the team wants to continue, but the player's got his one shot at getting paid. The team is trying to manage an entire roster, as Ryan Poles said. you got a salary cap to worry about. The player may have an inflated value on his overall abilities. The team is more analytics-based and more objective. And how do you sit across from the table and say to the player, you're not as good as you think you are? It's a tough spot for everyone. And Chris, I hate to say this, but I think it all comes down to the fact that the agent fee isn't removed from the game check, that the player has to write a check every year, and the player doesn't understand what he's getting for it. The, The players, some of them, think... I'm paying this guy all this money, and he just made a couple of phone calls to negotiate my contract. And you don't understand that it's so – we've talked about it with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. There's so much more involved in that. There's so much more that goes into truly representing the interests of a player. And I'd hate to think that it's just because – because if it was coming out of the game checks, you don't notice it. But if you got to sit down at the end of the year – Agreed. And write That's a different, 1% it's a different story. of $15 million – that's a lot. That's one hundred fifty thousand dollars that's just gone and it's never coming back. Yeah, it's harder to process it, and it would be very good for the broader player-agent relationship if they just took the fees out along with taxes and everything else. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. I do think that would be less of a hit on, on a player. You're right. Just you know, so you can almost appropriate, appropriately, appropriately, appropriately plan for it that way. Uh, I, I do. I do. I think that probably hurts a little bit more. 
Uh, and that's something interesting that maybe the NFLPA should think about a little bit. But, yeah, uh, I hope they get it done. But it, man, it seems like it's kind of ugly right now. It, it hasn't. It hasn't gotten better at all. You know, usually with these kind of things, you start to hear like, oh, I think, hey, they're getting close and, hey, okay, but this seems like it's going in the wrong direction. And I think that's why Ryan Poles is so disappointed. You know, I I don't – he used the word some record-breaking aspects of this. And that's where, you know, again, we don't know the details, but I would love to know because I I don't think he's throwing that out there to go, you know, it's some BS, you know, phrase just to make himself sound good. It sounds like they've made a pretty damn good offer. Um, but, again, you know, I, I just I wish he would get an agent. I love Roquan Smith. I think he's a hell of a football player. I'm all for him getting as much as he can. I know that. But uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with the approach. Yeah, I, I, and we've talked about this before as it relates to the hold-in. Most of them, I think all of them so far, have resulted in a new contract. At some point, you reach an impasse. At some point, you say to the player who's holding in, go get your helmet time to get to work I don't know what happens here and he can't leave well he can I mean he can do whatever he wants but if he leaves then they send the five-day letter if he doesn't come back he's shut down for the whole year can't play for anybody now I don't know how aggressively the Bears would pursue something like that but that's why it's always better to hold out than show up and consider leaving once you're in and you leave it's so much harder to exercise rights under the CBA but right now at at some point we got to get ready for week one if we're not going to work out this contract. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. One guy who's not going to be ready for week one or any of the other weeks of the season, Makai Becton. Back, oh. healthy, ready to go, move to right tackle. Everybody's optimistic. Here's Coach Robert Sala talking about Makai's, uh, Makai Becton's future with the Jets, given that he's likely to miss the full season after suffering a fractured kneecap very recently in practice. Here's Coach Sala. These are young men, and I think sometimes uh, with social media in this world, we we um, dehumanize these athletes in the worst way imaginable. And uh, Makai has walked in this building, and he has taken every single punch you can get from every which way, and he shows up, and he works his tail off, and he grinds every single day. He shows up to camp, and he's fighting to get himself back in shape, He's got videos of him vomiting and people are throwing shade and he's limping and he's doing all those different things and he's fighting the, for this, for his family, for himself, for his teammates, for this organization, for this fan base and he's doing everything and then everybody wants to drop him like a, a, a wet rag. That ain't the case. Um, we love Makai. We appreciate everything he's done and this, his ride is not over. His story's not over and uh, he's got full support of this organization and if you're a fan that wants to support him, you're more than welcome. Otherwise, just keep him moving. That's a great statement. Way to go. Coach Sala. Yeah. And, and look, th- that's one of the things that we always try to do. Get people to understand that these are human beings and the game is brutal, the game is violent, and the game is ruthless when it comes to chewing guys up and spitting them out. But remember that it is someone's son, brother, cousin, nephew, friend, teammate. It's a human being inside that uniform. And we do tend to dehumanize players, we being football fans generally, because it is a big machine with interchangeable parts. You know, I was watching Hard Knocks last night, and Aiden Hutchinson was talking to a teammate, and I'm thinking, you know, they, 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 who was the defensive end they drafted nine years? I had to really sit and think before I remembered Ziggy Ansah. 
Right. Like, you're there, you're a big deal, and then you're just gone. Yeah. Where'd he go? Yeah. Where'd he go? Right. Somebody else is here. And and it, that, that churn happens constantly. It's easy to forget that these guys are human beings, have a long life after football, and they are trying to live their life now through all this crap that goes on, and it's harder than ever with social media. So great statement by Coach Sala. Great statement. That's why players love playing for him. It is. I mean, he's he's got the players' backs, and it, it's unfortunate. It's the world we live in right now. Everybody's so worried about being creative and cool and likes. And I have this conversation with my, my little boy, Philip, because he gets caught in all this crap all the time. You know, and I'm just going, stop worrying about being so cool and making the next TikTok video and all that crap. I can't stand it. And it's affecting you. So stop, you know, acting like a little punk jerk. Right. And there's just a lot of that out there. I want to be like, you know, if you can't if you can't say what you want to write on social media to Makai Becton's face, then you shouldn't say it. All right. That, that's really that should be the rule. But I feel for the guy. The guy is a physical freak. He is a dancing bear. I mean, he is so gifted. I was so excited to see what he and the Jets could be this year. I mean, he does some things, and I know we haven't got to watch a, a, ton, of, a ton of him on the field, but when you do watch him, you go, whoa, he's got everything you need to be one of the better tackles in all of football. And it's just a shame to see this happen. And, yeah, it's a shame that people jump on and pile on and make fun of it, and especially for a guy that, you know, you're hearing Salah talk about. He's, he's put his all into it. He has, so um, it, it is unfortunate, and I feel for him, and I feel for the Jets, and we'll see. They're going to have to make some moves now. I mean, that makes Dwayne Brown, who was just in town a few days ago, his price tag probably going to go up a little bit, and I think, you know, for a big year for Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, they might have to spend a little bit more money on a Dwayne Brown than they would like just to make sure things go good this year for the organization because it is a big year. There's a, there's a spotlight on, on those guys. Meanwhile, I can't get past envisioning your son saying, Grandpa Phil, what was dad like when he was my age? Well, well, Philip, he was a little punk jerk. So <laughs> I was, uh, but not to the extent some of these kids are now. They're just so obsessed with cool and anything that's, you know, going through social media and it just it drives me crazy, and it, it really does. And it's 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 in a lot of ways taken over our world in a lot of different areas, and that's where it's it is very. Annoying. You didn't have access to the technology; you'd have been the same way. Well, probably, probably. You were but the that's guy. A- you were the guy. You were the guy who was the backup quarterback in Denver, admiring yourself in the mirror how you looked in the uniform. You'd have been making TikTok videos up the wazoo. No, I would not. I, I would. I would. Not, I would not have done that. And. You know, I'm 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 trying to not let him be though. I took his damn phone away from him the other night. I'm gonna said no. See ya. You're not getting it. I'll, just, I'll give it back to you when I'm ready. I gave it to him for a few hours last night. That was it. Boom. It's, I'm sick of it because it it does affect their attitude and it makes them punks and I don't like it. Phil grabbed up. Uh, Phil Chris grabbed Phillips' phone. We're gonna do a grab bag for the AFC South when this Wednesday edition of PFD Live continues right after this. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Watch.
watch out for the Ravens. Watch out. Uh, they were killed by injuries last year. Just absolutely ravaged. And, again, it's a running football team. They're built around their genius and Greg Roman and the run schemes. You know, Ronnie Stanley was hurt, right? I mean, they had issues. They had no Orlando Bloom. You know, this year, or Orlando Brown, excuse me. This year, you hope to have Orlando. Did you Bloom? Orlando I know. Bloom? I just wanted to give Katy Perry's husband a little, a little love. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're go. Smeagol. Oh, look gosh. at you, Smeagol. Really? The of precious. All the characters. The precious. Of all the characters. That's who you are. I think that's Lord very fitting. Well done, EJ. He I'm does look Smeagol. like the Smeagol type. Oh, it was Wyatt. Way to go, Wyatt. Wyatt. You the man, Wyatt. Thanks for nothing, Wyatt. Bring back EJ. (laughs) All right. Grab bag. Training camp style. AFC South. True or false? False. Uh, True or false? Traylon Burks will emerge as the clear Titans number one receiver by week one. I'm going to say false here. Uh, Not that he's going to be, you know, he'll be the clear number two, let's say. But he is a guy that I think is... Coming out of college, maybe lacks a little polish with route running and things like that. He's one of those guys where you just go, we got to get the ball in his hand. But I think Robert Woods early on is going to be the guy. And slowly, Traylon Burks, as the year goes along, will get more of a piece of the pie as we go. So I'll say false on that one. I feel bad for Traylon Burks. He didn't ask for this. It was an honor and a privilege to be drafted by the Titans to be the replacement for A.J. Brown. The science experiment that the Titans are trying to engage in, hey, we're not going to pay this guy $25 million. We're just going to let him go and backfill with a first-rounder. More pressure on Traylon Burks. has been issues with asthma. I've seen some reporting suggesting he's struggling. He's buried on the second team. I think it's false. I think it will be Robert Woods. And, and I just think it's extra pressure. We just talked about how these are human beings. This is a young guy, and he has stepped into a spot. There's going to be greater scrutiny and pressure and higher expectations because the Titans, his employer, has created this situation where we just expect him to be A.J. Brown. And I think it's a lot for a 21, 22-year-old to deal with. Fill in the blank. The Colts' most important receiver after Michael Pittman will be who, Chris? Oh, all right. This is somebody that I'm, I'm, I've been talking about for a while here. And I, I'm going to say Paris Campbell, okay? Paris Campbell, to me... You know, they've been unlucky. He's been unlucky. A guy coming out of Ohio State, we know these Ohio State receivers, they can go, they can make plays. When he's been on the field, he has shown the ability to be superstar-ish, but he has not been able to stay healthy. I think you get him, you know, to come along with Michael Pittman and, and maybe Alec Pierce and some of the other guys they got to round out the roster there, it, it would change my thought of them as a football team. So I'm going to go with Paris Campbell there, a guy that they haven't got a lot out of, but I, I still got hope that he can kind of show up and, and really kind of be a big-time presence for their football team. I'm going to go with Alec Pierce, yeah. the rookie out of Cincinnati. The reason they went to go work out Desmond Ritter, they wanted to see Alec Pierce. Chris Ballard, the GM, told me after the draft, they wanted to see how he ran his routes, how he came out of his breaks. And Ballard then was like, well, you know, he's got to earn it. He's got to earn his spot like everybody else, but – all indications are he's been earning I know. it since day I, one, uh, and he's got the he's got the chance to be really good, especially with Matt Ryan there. What, I, you I, well, I just, ugh, I just I, you know I had him as a top five receiver, and it's one that I'm, I'm I took him out, and you know had some people in the NFL point some things out to me, but I, I just I'm still mad I I did I did that. It's one of those where I wish Pete would have been like, hey, we've learned from this before. You've done that. Don't do it. 
Um, because some of the things that he wasn't great at are very easily – they're learned things that you can learn. His physical ability is there like you talked about, like you talk about with that workout. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised it's him. I mean, I think he's definitely going to have a big role. I'm just hoping Paris Campbell can, you know, add to that as well. Was, was Chris Ballard one of those people because he wanted Alec Pierce to fall so he could draft him? I mean, <laughs> right? we know how that game goes. <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, it was always not beware. Always right. beware the criticism that <laughs> yeah. comes pre-draft from right. somebody who really secretly wants a guy. What's more likely, Davis Mills is the unquestioned Texans starter by week one or the Texans bring in a veteran, Jimmy Garoppolo, to compete with him? I'm going to say he's the unquestioned starter by week one. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the teams where we've discussed Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, okay, he might be there till Saturday before the first game of the season. And then, okay, that next few days he gets signed by the Houston Texans. And they have him there for a just-in-case. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if that's really likely. But I, I think they're, they're in on Davis Mills. And they're going to see what they got here. I think, I think Nick Casario thinks in a lot of ways that maybe they got a – Tom Brady-ish type steel guy where, hey, we got a starter in the third round that we think, you know, can really help our, our football team. Is he a second or a third rounder? I think he was a third, third rounder. Yeah, okay. Third good. rounder. They yeah. wanted Kellen Mond. They wanted your guy Kellen Mond. I know. The Vikings got him right before, so the next choice for them was Davis Mills. Yeah, and we'll see with Kellen Mond. You know, I know he's opened some eyes up there with some of his, some of his talent, so we'll see where that goes. I think Mills will be the week one starter. I think if they were going to make a move for Garoppolo, they would have done it by now. He's been available for 15 days on a fire sale basis, and the Texans haven't made a move. Jaguars, which doesn't belong in why? Young first-round picks. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Trayvon Walker, which doesn't belong in why? Ooh. I'm going to just say, I'm going to say Travis Etienne just because – I, I don't know what his role is with the with the team yet, I guess, a little bit. I know Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Trayvon Walker, starting defense, and, you know, ATN, you brought this up last week. James Robinson's really damn good. ATN, we've been talking about, you know, wide receiver reps, running back reps. I'm just – not that I'm doubting how good of a player he can be. I'm just – I want to see the role exactly and how they're going to use him and what he looks like coming off a – you know, a foot injury when, you know, you're a running back and you got to do that. He does have some Alvin Kamara-type skills to him. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I just I guess I'm unsure exactly what we're going to get from him within the, the rhythm of the offense. I'm going to say Walker just because when you're that first overall pick, yeah. there's a greater expectation, and how do you ever manage to live up to it? I remember when the Texans took Mario Williams instead of Reggie Bush in 2006. I was like, well – you basically got to be Reggie White. You got to have three sacks a game because everybody thought Reggie Bush was going to be the next Gale Sayers. It helped Mario Williams that Bush never became right. at the NFL level what he was at the college level. That really helped Mario Williams in comparison. But the thinking at the time was, we've got a guy who's going to revolutionize the sport offensively in Reggie Bush. Mario Williams never justifies his draft spot. Right. And how does Trayvon Walker, how does he do it when you have the number one overall pick from last year, Trevor Lawrence, when you have Travis Etienne, I guess the only good news is it's it's another pass rusher that was taken number two in Aiden Hutchinson. But I just think there's going to be kind of a weird vibe and pressure. And, and as, as Hutchinson becomes the darling of hard knocks, we saw him last night with the Billy Jean and how the, the guys went crazy. You know, you're going to have some Jaguars fans thinking, maybe we got the wrong guy. So I just think it's going to be harder for him to prove himself and to earn his spot 
than it will be for the other guys. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I mean, the, the spotlight's on them because of that Aiden Hutchinson conversation and because of, like, you know, what you heard me say a little bit in the pregame the other night when we did the Jags-Raiders game is, you know, oh, he didn't have a lot of sacks and at Georgia. Can he really be the number one pick? And, you know, again, you, we not, you and I discussed this a lot during the draft process. He was not put in a position to just go rush and sack the quarterback. That's not the type of defense they played. Life will be simpler. He'll, they're going to just go, hey, get out here and get after the quarterback. Don't worry about everything else. And hopefully he can kind of show his skill set that way and prove some of those haters wrong. Let's take a break. When we return, we'll check in on the quarterback competitions in Seattle and Pittsburgh, two teams that meet in week one of the preseason. We'll be back with more right after this. Yeah, I won't tolerate the video game talk. So that's a one. That's a note. Like when they bring that up, I just walk away. Um, you see guys with tattoos that, like, when I came into league, it'd be like established in 1983 or something, and now I'm seeing like 2002. So that's. Uh, Annoying, and then I find myself saying like, "Ah, oh, it wasn't like this when I was younger," which is like the ultimate. You know, you know you're old. So um, I always say this, but I'm like in the get off my lawn stage of my career where I just the guys annoy me, and I couldn't really articulate why they just do. <laughs> I love it. Let's That's get him on amazing. the show. Nick Belore, awesome. Uh, Turned 33 in May. He's entering his 12th season in the NFL. Played with the Jets, crazy. the Lions, the 49ers, and now fourth year with. The Seahawks, he didn't, you know, when we first started playing it, and we talked last week about how Trevor Lawrence basically has the Takeo Spikes neck. I didn't see, like, football player build there. No, I I hear you. I hear you. He kind of looks like, you know, Nick just off the street kind of guy, certainly. Uh, But, you know, he's, he's got a role, special teams, all that type of stuff. And it is funny. In the NFL, it's, I think I've told you before, you hit 30. You hit 30, and they call you old man in the locker room. And it's just the weirdest damn thing. And you start to go, damn, I am old. But then you get out in the public life, and you, you tell some 55-year-old, hey, I'm getting old up there. And they're like, what? Are you effing crazy? You're 30 years old. And it's just it's the weirdest psychological experiment ever. And you do find yourself, as you hit 30, and I know like Kerry Collins, I was playing with him in Tennessee when I was 30 as well. You, you, you do find yourself looking at go, walking in the locker room going, these immature young guys, like, oh my gosh, they're just. What do you, what do you think, Tom? Br- Tom Brady, I can't if he even plays imagine. long enough, he's gonna have teammates younger than his son. I know you're right. It's it's crazy. It is. I can't imagine what he thinks sometimes when he probably hears some of the conversations that go on in the locker room. He's he's he, he's got to scratch his head and shake his head at times. Literally, there are guys on the field chasing him around who are half his age or younger. Unbelievable. All right, Geno Smith, he's been around for a while now. Second-round pick of the Jets back in 2013. Getting his opportunity in Seattle. He will start the preseason opener. He continues to be ahead of Drew Locke, even though Drew Locke, according to some, had a better showing in the mock game over the weekend. Chris, this fits with something that we agree with. I don't even know that we need to say a lot about it. It's right on track. Pete Carroll wants Geno Smith Drew Locke's going to have to beat him out convincingly, and Geno Smith gets the first crack with the starters in Pittsburgh on Saturday. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't think either one of us are surprised by this. And, and knows the offense, they know him, the player. I think he knows they trust that he knows how to play Seattle type of football. Uh, you know, Pete Carroll, 
You know, the defensive coach, let's take care of the ball. Don't make mistakes. Let's, you know, let's just stay in the game that way. There is a different approach as far as Seattle, maybe compared to some of the offensive high-powered teams in football. Um, but, yes, I, I, I'm with you in the fact that I think Geno's got to really have to play poorly or, or not play well, and Drew Locke will have to do really damn awesome to take the job from Geno Smith. That's just the sense I get, and, you know, we'll get a little taste of that this weekend when they play the Steelers. And in that same game. I mean, this is one of the most interesting That's the best preseason, preseason game of the, of the week. weekend. Yeah. You got the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mitchell Trubisky as the starter for now. Mike Tomlin, head coach of the team, said on Tuesday that Trubisky remains in the lead, but that Kenny Pickett, the rookie, and Mason Rudolph are, quote, making it difficult, unquote. I still think it's true. It's it's Trubisky's job to lose. The question is, will he lose it? Yeah. I don't think he will, at least not for now. I, I don't think so either. I, I would be surprised. I would. Uh, it just it just feels that way. I know Pickett's you know done some good things in training camp and all that as well. But we've discussed. I, I think the Steelers, you know, with where they're at, their team. I don't think they're like far far off. It's not the greatest offensive line, but they got a good running back, good tight end, good receivers, and still some studs on the defensive side of the ball. And then you add in who they're getting coached by on that side of the ball. I mean, we know it's a creative scheme. Brian Flores is there. We discussed that a week or two ago, what he brings to the table on that side of the ball. You know, I, I just think that points to Mitchell Trubisky getting, you know, the nod to start the regular season and he'll have to fail or they'll have to be two and four or two and five or something like that before some, some change is made. All right, when we return. It's been 15 days since the 49ers made it clear they were ready to move on for Jimmy Garoppolo. Have they gotten any trade-off for since then? We'll give you an answer to that question straight from the horse's mouth. Kyle Shanahan, not Jimmy Garoppolo. When PFT Live continues right after this. We're still waiting for Patrick Mahomes to do this in a game. It's been in the repertoire for a while. Now, there he is hitting the crossbar left-handed he has the behind the back pass that hits the crossbar take that Tyreek Hill to a tongue of I the most accurate quarterback in the NFL let's see him do that left-handed crossbar behind the back crossbar I also saw him flip one between his legs the other day too it's 30 yards I mean he's at the 20 yard line throwing it left-handed and does it nice and throws a spiral and then right-handed the guy's hand-eye coordination it's it's an all-time. He's just I, I just can't say how special the freaking guy is. I don't even know like you know you just watch him like at the celebrity golf tournament that was in in July. He comes up to this the, the 17th hole or whatever, and they got a basketball goal there. You know he takes it on the run, and is, he looks like he's 27 feet away. Whack! I mean he's just an unbelievable player. He just he's really special. Uh, he really is, and some of that stuff is just amazing how, how easy he makes it look. Special enough a couple of years ago to erase a 10-point deficit with seven minutes left in the Super Bowl to overcome the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Now Garoppolo on the way out. Here is a question and answer posed yesterday to Coach Kyle Shanahan about whether or not the 49ers, in the 15 days since they made it clear that Garoppolo will be gone, have gotten any trade offers for the veteran quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is the fourth quarterback listed. Has he even been issued an iPad? Does he watch film? Does he have the playbook? No. I'm sure he does at home. I mean, we haven't given new, new playbooks out this year yet. But, I mean, he's not in meetings. He's not doing all that stuff. So he's, um, 
just doing what I said he's been doing. But yeah, I think if he's on the depth charts, because you have to be. You know, I think all 90 guys on our roster do. We have 91, actually. Is there interest? Is there trade? I know you're coaching the team here, but is there trade discussions happening right now with, with Jimmy? I believe I believe that goes on with his agents, and um, but none that I hear of. I think he would know. I think yeah, he would know. Exactly. If anyone was expressing interest. And at this point, anybody that wants him is just going to wait. They're not even going to bother to engage. We're just going to wait. And we know what they're waiting for. And I've had people raise with me, well, this really is kind of bad karma. You're waiting around for a quarterback to get injured and you're going to profit from it. Hey, it happens all the time. Yeah, welcome to the NFL. Trades happen. I mean, look at, look at the Bengals in 2011. Carson Palmer was done with the Bengals. Mike Brown said, yeah, I just sit at home. I don't care. And then Jason Campbell breaks a collarbone for the Raiders two days before the trade deadline. And boom, the Bengals get first round pick plus for Carson Palmer, a guy who was never going to play for them again. And they were just content to let him stay home indefinitely. So it happens. Guys get injured and opportunities arise, both for guys to get traded and for guys to get paid because Garoppolo wins in this too. He gets a lot closer to $25 million. If somebody goes down in the preseason and that team all of a sudden is as desperate as the Vikings were when they were trying to replace Teddy Bridgewater six years ago. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not shocking, right? I mean, I wouldn't have expected to hear anything. There's no, there's, there's, there's no reason right now. Teams are all in with who they have. There's no reason to abandon the plan yet as far as, wait, well, who we got in the quarterback room or, you know, we like or don't like these guys. And, of course, yes, to your point, there's no injuries either way. It's weird. It's a crazy, weird situation. I mean, just looking at that little video right there, him on the sideline just kind of doing his own thing, right? And, yeah, he doesn't want to be in meetings. Of course not. He doesn't want to hear, like, you know, the Trey Lance love affair from the coaches and all that crap, and he's an outsider looking in. And they don't want to give him the playbook or want him there looking, you know, under the hood a little bit. I'm sure there's some things being infused into the Shanahan offense right now with the Trey Lance run game and things where if Jimmy Garoppolo does go somewhere, ends up in Seattle, they don't want him to be able to go up to Seattle and tell him all the tricks of the trade. Yeah, he's going to know some stuff. So, you know, I think it's a win-win for both, but uh, certainly a, a very different situation as far as the NFL is concerned. And, and look, hey, some teams may be horrified based on what they see in the preseason. Then all of a sudden, where yes. there wasn't interest, there could be. Just right. guy, how can we rely on this guy? All right. Um, Sean McVay denied a couple of weeks ago that he had a new contract. There was a profile from Seth Wickersham of ESPN.com that landed yesterday. And the first thing I noticed is they're talking like this guy got his new contract. So, inevitably, McVay was asked about it yesterday. Here's some clips from both of his press conferences. What has changed in two weeks? Absolutely nothing. Have a listen. Well, we're in a good place. You know, I think the goal in mind, you know, when you guys had talked to Kevin about that, Gary, was, you know, myself and Les being a pair where when we get that thing finalized, you guys will know, but feel really good about the direction that that's going. And, you know, I think it'll be, you know, something that where it'll be me and Les and you guys will know when that is finalized for us. Sean, at the outset of training camp, I asked about your contract status and you said we're in a good place. Yep. Do you have a new contract? I was talking in regards to, you know, Les and I have always been a pair. Um, we wanted to be able to kind of announce that when both of us gotten done. Um, mine is done. Um, you know, Les is in the process of that. But I think in respect to wanting to show the partnership for us, I said, you know, you guys will know when we both get done. Um, and that was kind of how I had addressed it. But, you know, since it comes up again, it is something that we've been taking care of. But it is very important for Les and I to 
kind of have that represented as we're a partnership and a pair. Oh, what a what a load of crap. Look, here's what it was. And and I'm sorry. And I understand that football is premised on successfully deceiving the opponent, right? All the time. Draw play, play action pass, the zone blitz. If you fool the other guy pre the snap or during the play, you're more likely to win. And the problem is that all extends beyond the field. The draft, you don't want people to know who you really want. You lie all the time strategically. And I think for some of these guys, they don't know when it stops. And for Sean McVay to flat out lie to the reporters in mid-July, late July, when he got together for training camp, for him to flat out lie about not having a contract, and then it comes out that he does, and he comes up with this, I'm sorry, cockamamie explanation as to why he lied. I think, I think it was very simple. I think Stan Kroenke and the rest of the oligarchs don't want everyone to realize that he got squeezed into paying a lot more by a broadcast partner who wanted to hire Sean McVay and pay him $20 million a year. So he got the money then, and they've kept it quiet ever since because they need distance. Because they don't want to be made to look bad. And they don't want the salary curve to get blown up because Amazon shows up and dangles $20 million per year in Sean McVay's face. And I think that's why they lied about it. And McVay, hey, hey, you want me to not say anything about it? That's fine. You Give me $20 million a year or whatever he's getting. I'll keep my mouth shut. And I think that's the explanation. I don't think it has anything to do with less sneak. Oh, I couldn't disagree with you more. I just could not absolutely disagree with you more on that one. I just couldn't. First off, he was going to make close to $20 million. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter. That's the going price right now. Pete Carroll, we know, is making north of why'd $16 they do million. The deal then? Well, because he just didn't – Well, why? who says you have to tell everybody about your personal life and things like that right off the bat? You get asked a direct I question, mean, how much, you tell the oh, truth. Okay. You don't well, lie about it. Okay. You say, it, I don't want to talk about it. It's going to come out eventually. I don't. It doesn't really matter. And I, I can respect that maybe he doesn't want to say it and – you know, then, make don't, then just say I don't want to talk about it. Okay, then just well, say I'd rather not talk about he it. He did say I'd talk about he did say it exactly how he said it. That you know we're yeah. not done and, yet and yeah. all that. Oh, yes, oh. I've been immunized. That's what he did. He oh. played that game. Oh, yeah, I've been immunized. I, I, when it comes to personal money and all that type of stuff. Just I mean, say I'm not talking about it. Okay, well I have no problem with he said it's not that bad. You know, how much money I do you make, he, Mike? I just think I think I'd I'd rather not talk about oh, okay. it. See, I'm not going to lie to you and say I make minimum wage. Okay, I'd rather not talk about it. it. He's I'm in mean, every this. right to keep his private this. life like and that yeah, stuff. Quiet. I don't disagree with that, Chris. But right. the lying, the lie in this day and age, and I'd like to think you're with me on this. Everybody's full of shit. Everybody's it, lying. He, it's not. Everybody it, lies about everything. Than that. And it's I want like to stop. Like still lied. It's not like a flat out lie. It's a little different. No. It's just a casual, I'm going to lead you to believe I don't have a contract when I really do. It's as poisonous I, as telling a bald-faced lie. I'm going to lead you to believe What's so poisonous about it, Mike? It is, Tell me what it's, it's done that's it's so a, poisonous about it. Tell me. It's a poisonous culture, accepting it, endorsing it. We're okay with it. Go ahead and lie to me. Don't, well, when you're really telling the truth, you can tell us. But otherwise, you just lie to us all you want. I just It's unnecessary. It's gratuitous, It's un, and it's unnecessary. All he had to say is... I'd rather keep those matters private for now. That's all he had to say. That's all he had to say. All right. Well, he everybody went in got, oh, well, I think there's a contract done. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's all going to come out and become public anyways. And the I Amazon know, thing, Chris, Mike, he's going to make close to matters. 20. Your credibility matters. I'm never going to believe anything Sean McVay has to say. Not that I did anyway, but I'm definitely never going to believe anything he has to say going forward. Let's take a break. More PFT Library after this. I definitely don't see any benefit to playing one series. Um, you know, if we're going to play, we should play. And play a quarter, a couple series, two or three series. If we're going to, just suiting up for four plays, to me, is a waste. 
So, and I'm not saying this to send a message to Matt. I've already told Matt the same thing. You know, there's injuries in football all the time. So, I think it's kind of a no-win situation to the outside the building. And if somebody gets hurt, oh, I can't believe they played our guys. But if we go out and have a stinker, I can't believe they didn't play them. So, I think it's just you just got to do what's best for for the squad. And Matt's going to do that. He's going to lean on, you know, the leaders of the football team. And if he feels like we need to go out and play, we'll go out and play. But I don't want to just go out and play three plays. That, to me, is a waste of time. I couldn't agree with Aaron Rodgers more on that. If you're going to play, play. If you're not going to play, don't go play. Especially a guy who's 38 and doesn't right. need to do this. Right. But, you know, I, something I want to ask you, Nathaniel Hackett, the new Broncos coach, who was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay a year ago, he said that it bugs him to lose in the preseason. I mean, what's the vibe in the locker room after a preseason loss? I figure nobody cared. No, no, yeah, for the most part, I don't think guys are like, oh, man, we lost. Oh, gosh, I'm holding my head down. I think you can bit, whoa, like, we didn't play our best tonight, and that can get you down that way. Or, man, there's some things that we got to – Whoa, the film tomorrow is not going to be good. We got some things to work on. But you're right. You don't take the L home with you quite the way you would in a preseason. Certainly not. No. This is about, you know, continuing on the right pace. Yes, coaches, they want to win and set that winning culture and all that. Um, but, yeah, there's no, like, it, it's a totally different vibe, Mike. You're, you're exactly right about that. The 2008 Lions, by the way, were undefeated. Yeah, exactly. And winless right. in the regular season. But there are guys who need it. And one that I'm thinking of, more, yeah. and this is broadly, Yeah, I think anybody that was on the Jaguars last year needs to play in the preseason this year sure. just to replace as much as possible of the Urban Meyer experience, including, remember that Saints preseason game, the Monday Nighter, yeah. where he's in as much agony on the sideline. Like, we, we had fun with it. And it's like, are we going too far? I mean, it really looks like he's, he's got the demeanor of somebody who's like, why the hell did I do this? But you just got to get rid of all it. You got to exercise that demon. And Doug Peterson, the coach of the Jaguars, now said just moments ago that the starters will play Friday night against the Browns. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence will play. So I think that's important for some younger yes. players. Right. Teams that are trying to turn it around, you need to get out there and get the reps. Yes. Aaron Rodgers, why bother? No, nah, you, you said it right. Aaron Rodgers, why bother? It does nothing for him. They, it, it, playing football now is, is like riding a bike. It's easy as can be. Yeah, and there are – hey, there's guys that are maybe in the NFL five, six years that they, they need to play. I, I, coach, i got to get out there just a little bit and feel the speed of the game before the regular season starts. There is that. I was one of those guys. You know, I, I can look back at the year I lost my spleen. I wish I would have played more preseason. I just didn't feel as comfortable maybe as I would have liked in week one. And you know, I, I think there is that. But your point with the young guys is especially true. I do think that's important, and none of them are that good or are just used to the NFL life to the point where they can just walk out there and be the man. That's very rare. Maybe a Jamar Chase can get away with that. The freak of nature from time to time, a Randy Moss, whatever. But the rest of the NFL, uh, when they're young, need those reps. One of the reasons Jamar Chase struggled in the preseason last year with drops was because you're only out there. You're not getting into a rhythm. You're yeah, not getting sure. into a flow. You right. know mentally that – you, this is just like a, a goofy little cameo appearance yeah. that you've never done before in your football career. There's right. no preseason in college. There's no preseason in high school, and he had a hard time with it. And then when the, when the real game started, he had no trouble with it whatsoever. Let's go ahead and take a break. We will wrap up this Wednesday edition of Pro Football Talk Live right after this. Unless I'm lying. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> 
So, coming in 2023 on Black Friday, there will be an NFL game televised, not really, streamed by Amazon. That's reported today by Sports Business Journal. There was some talk about it this year. Here's the problem. And this falls into the no Friday or Saturday football from Labor Day weekend until the middle of December because of the broadcast antitrust exemption. It was part of the quid pro quo in 1961 to allow the NFL to sell all the rights together. You can't broadcast games on Friday night to protect high school football or Saturday to protect college football. So the game's got to be done by 6 o'clock Eastern time, Wow, Chris. But it is going to be played the day after Thanksgiving, 2023, and televised, streamed exclusively by Amazon. Wow. I mean, listen, first, I'm, I'm pumped for that. I mean, again, just to, you know, it's, we got a day off that day. I don't know if you're working that day, but I'm not. So that'll be great to just sleep in, get a little more football the day after Thanksgiving. I'm full. I might have had too much to drink. Now I can sit on the couch and do that. That's, that's, I'm, I'm pumped for it. Uh, you never work on Friday, so it doesn't matter whether it's Black Friday, White Friday, Purple Friday, Green Friday. I'm you not ain't there. working. It's a Green Friday. It is Green Friday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. like that, Pete. But, uh, but they, they didn't do it this year because the USA and England play in a World Cup group match that afternoon. So you just you got to get it done. You got to be done by six o'clock. Presumably they won't. The World won't Cup run during the risk. football season. Get the hell out of here. No, That's because they're playing in 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 Qatar, in the where desert? it's like 150 degrees yeah, right. now. It'll only be 110. I won't be watching. November, it's football December. season. We are done. Have a great day. See ya. Bye bye. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.